Welcome to the Dr. Living Good Podcast, which exists to equip you with real health solutions to make health simple. Hey, it's Dr. Living Good. The shocking truth about statin drugs and cholesterol that Big Pharma does not want you to know about in five numbers you can look at right now to instantly know, do you actually have a cholesterol problem or is your body doing exactly what it's supposed to do? These are completely overlooked, the ones your doctor has not told you about. Coming right up. Hello everyone and welcome, it's Dr. Living Good. It's my actual real name if you've never been to our channel before. Today we're breaking down some shocking truths that the cholesterol drug makers do not want you to know. And we're gonna get into on a clinical level the mistakes I consistently see people making with their blood work. Very inaccurate information, misdiagnoses. Do you truly understand your cholesterol numbers? It's your responsibility to know those things. And do you actually have a problem? All that is coming up. And then we're gonna lead you into some remedies. In fact, just below this video, there's a resource to give you nine remedies that actually work to lower your cholesterol from an LDL perspective, increase your HDL, get your triglycerides under control, nine remedies along with a training that will help guide you through how to get those implemented and see safely if you can get your cholesterol under control without having to lose drugs. So check that link out below. I'm gonna get into training in just a second. We're gonna head over to the whiteboard so I can actually write out these numbers for you. If you have your blood work, it's a good time just to understand if you know your total cholesterol, uh, HDL, LDL, triglycerides, you can actually go through the calculations with me. We're gonna lay it out right here, right now. By the time you're done with this video, you're gonna understand your numbers, what they mean, are your percentages, I'll explain what those are in just a moment, in within normal range, and then I'll be back to bring it all together for you to help take action. If you do have a problem, what can you do that doesn't involve drugs to actually start remedying it and fixing the cause? Woo, it's gonna be a good one. Let's head out. Is the truth about cholesterol. It's time to dive into cholesterol and really break down everything that it involves and entails. This is impacting millions of Americans all across uh, America um, uh, on a daily basis where they're taking statin drugs and they don't have a lot of remedies. They don't have the natural remedies. And it's kind of a scary topic because you don't want to make a mistake and then end up with some kind of heart failure, or heart problem or stroke. So I get this, the fear behind it, but I want to try to release you from some of that today. And as stated previously in other modules, that this is so near and dear to my heart, no pun intended, because my grandfather passed away from heart disease. Um, he was a farmer growing up um, in Iowa. I remember just worked you know, 80 to 100 hour weeks every single week, working on a farm, making a living for the family. But then near the end of his life, he had to move to town because he got congestive heart failure. And that confined him pretty much to his recliner. And that's how I saw my grandpa spend the rest of um, his days. And it bothered him so much. It drove him crazy because he was so used to being working. Uh, but with congestive heart failure, he couldn't live out the life that he wanted to live. The purpose of this for me is to prevent you from ending up there. The decisions you're making now are going to dictate that. The other factor, of course, is my father, and I'll be sharing more as we go through the rest of this course on him, but I saw my dad very suddenly at age 51 lose his health. That costs him everything. When you lose your health, you lose everything. impacts everything. I mean, you can't bike. You can't, um, you couldn't work. he couldn't bike. He couldn't work. Um, he couldn't do anything you love to do, but you can't enjoy your family. You can't enjoy holidays. You can't, um, you know, 
all of your money goes toward trying to get your health back. You can't work. You can't live out your purpose. If you don't have your health, you don't have very much. But when you do have your health, you have so much. And I want to protect that for you because watching him go through and lose that, I experienced the American healthcare system. I experienced how we're currently handling heart-related issues in this country. And it's just a lot of drugs and it's a lot of procedures. My dad is on 15 drugs. He had the open heart surgery. And it was all just patching and covering up what he really had going on. And what he really needed was to get to the cause of, hey, why was his heart not working properly in the first place? That sent me down a journey of pulling him out of Mayo Clinic, going away from some of the top cardiologists in the world um, that were there to treat his heart disease problem, but I needed him to get healthy and get to the cause of it. And that started this journey in the last decade, not only was able to save my dad, but also to help 25,000 other people just like you come off you know, blood pressure medications, avoid strokes, avoid heart attacks, and beat this thing of cholesterol that we're going to be covering today. So that experience has led me to this point to really be able to walk you through this. But I feel like I want to keep touching on that backstory to know kind of my heart of where I'm coming from on this of watching my dad. And if I could have just had someone like, you know, if you're sitting here watching this, if someone could have done that for me years ago, I could have started understanding the real causes, made sense of what was going on because it was really confusing, it was really scary, and it could have saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in, in debt had we not made all these mistakes. That's why we're here. And I think there's a lot of mistakes, misnomers, untruths, and um, confusion around the topic of cholesterol. So that's what we're shredding today and breaking down for you. And I wanted to expose just some of the truths about cholesterol to open your eyes to start with. And then we're going to go through really calculating your numbers to understand your risks and finally giving you the natural remedies that I would suggest trying at least to see if you can make an impact on your cholesterol. And as, as always, to the disclaimer, I'm not telling you to just throw your medications out. Um, I didn't give those to you. I can't tell you to come off them or, or stop taking them. But what I am going to present to you is there are other options that a lot of times you never get taught. And so there are other things you can do that are really good at lowering cholesterol and they don't have all the side effects associated with the drugs, as you're going to find out. So let's dive into the truth about cholesterol and break it down. Lots of ground to cover. This is an exciting topic, uh, especially for myself, uh, to cover for you and teach you about, because I think your just eyes will get open about this truth. So to start with, let's just break down a few of these truths. Number one is, the tr does cholesterol actually cause heart disease. Like a lot of us are very scared of cholesterol, that that's the primary culprit. It's been tagged as the culprit. And that's, you know, one of the best analogies I've ever heard is it's like an animal that dies on the side of the road, right? And so you go over to the animal, let's say, and I know it's not going to smell good. And, but you have this, you know, raccoon or whatever it is on the side of the road. And you look at it and you see that it's covered in like um, ants or maggots or, um, you know, just very gross scene. You got the picture in your head kind of, you know, like, ooh, if you were to see that, and would you ever come to the conclusion that the maggots or the ants jumped up, tackled the raccoon, stopped it dead, and killed it on the side of the road? Like, we would never come to that conclusion. We'd be like, well, no, the animal died from some other cause, and then those things are there because of the animal going through that trauma or whatever it went through. And the, what the connection I'm trying to make here is that cholesterol has been tagged as the culprit for heart disease because if you do an open heart surgery, as my dad experienced, and then we cut you open and we take a look at your heart and we actually take a good look at um, you know, your arteries and such, we see that they're clogged. And we see that they're clogged with cholesterol. So then the conclusion that we've made is it's cholesterol. That's the problem, that it was the cholesterol that jumped up, attacked the heart, and that's what – do you see the similarities there? 
that we have to go a few steps deeper and understand what cholesterol is actually doing. The truth is, it is the oxidation of cholesterol that is the cause of heart disease. It's the oxidation of cholesterol, and I'm going to explain exactly what that means. Number two, does cholesterol cause heart disease? Truth is, more people have heart attacks with normal cholesterol than elevated cholesterol. <laughs> wow, where do I get this? Nationwide study conducted by UCLA School of Medicine found that 75% of patients hospitalized for a heart attack had LDL, which is tagged as the bad cholesterol, within the so-called normal range, below 130. 21% of the people that were taking, 21% of those people were taking a statin drug to lower their cholesterol numbers, and they still had the heart attack. And even more astounding is that 50% of the patients had LDL that was less than 100, lower than optimal levels. So this study, just, just one, and I could give you lots of them, is already showing that, wow, there's more to this cholesterol game than just looking at your LDL number. Like, yes, it's you know, classified as bad cholesterol, but the truth is, is that your body makes 60% of the cholesterol that's inside of you. Now, you can mess this up with how you eat, and we'll get to that, but your body and your liver is not making a toxic substance designed to kill you. It's what we're doing to alter that cholesterol that's creating a lot of problems and the amount of damage that we're creating. Cholesterol is there as a defense mechanism. And so this shocking study that even though the cholesterol levels are down, even though you're on statin drugs, this is not meaning that you're living higher. In fact, truth is, is that there is a higher death rate with low cholesterol than high cholesterol, highlighted by the UCLA study and several other ones I'll show you. And then finally, the truth is, is that statin drugs, cholesterol drugs, do lower cholesterol. They do what they're designed to do, but they are not found to lower the mortality rate of heart attack and stroke risk. Gosh, why are we taking, like, what I'm saying is that when you take that statin drug, it will lower your cholesterol. The question always with any treatment is, does that make you live longer? Does that prevent heart attacks? Does that prevent strokes? Because I agree we should have optimal cholesterol levels, but at what expense? And does taking that drug just to drive it down, does that actually get where you need to go? Oftentimes what I'm seeing with blood pressure and what I'm seeing with um, cholesterol levels is like, if this is the speedometer on your car, right? So I'm driving right here, here's the speedometer. All right, and right in the center here, and let's say, you know, like this is zero, and this is 20 miles an hour, and this is 40, and this is 60, and this is 80, and then we're burying the needle over here at 100 miles an hour. You with me? Okay, so if, if your car, right, is driving along at 60 miles an hour, and that's how fast you're going, if I come along, and I'm sitting next to you in the car, and I just do this, and I go, and I just move the speedometer over here, how fast are you still going? You're still going 40 to 60 miles an hour, even though the speedometer says 40. The analogy I'm making is that even though we can drive your blood pressure down, even though we can drive your cholesterol numbers down, does that mean your body is still operating at a dangerous level because we never actually fixed the cause of the problem? We never hit the brakes, found out what was driving it, and all we're doing is just pushing these number down, numbers down. The blood work looks better, but are you healthier because of it? Are you with me? So that's where we're really going with this cholesterol to really help you to understand all of this. Now, the epidemic of cholesterol um, has really just quite a history if you go back and study it. Um, in the 1980s, any middle-aged man whose cholesterol was over 240 
that had other heart risk factors like smoking or overweight was put on a cholesterol drug. By 1984, it was any male or female with cholesterol over 200 that could receive the diagnosis of high cholesterol and be prescribed a pill. By 2011, anyone with cholesterol over 180, and if you had, you know, suffered a heart attack, if you had some other kind of uh, um, big heart attack risk, you're going to be put on the cholesterol medications. And as we work our way up to today, um, we're pushing to try to get people all the way down to 150, which I'm going to show you can be very dangerous levels because your brain is made up of 60% cholesterol, 60% fat up here. You need good healthy fats. You need healthy cholesterol, as we're going to see in a moment. It serves so many purposes in your body. The disturbing part is, is this is starting to trickle down into our kids. And so um, studies and, and things have now come out that they're actually recommending cholesterol drugs for kids. There's some doctors out there, and unfortunately I came across another one this week, that thinks we could just go ahead and put statin drugs right in our water because they're that important for everybody. And um, I'm going to try to expose some things and let you decide on what you think if that would be a good idea. All I'm asking today is, is there a better way? Is there a way to go about getting your cholesterol lower? reducing your heart attack and stroke risk without causing all kinds of side effects and harm, uh, I think that uh, the answer is unequivocally yes from what you'll see. So here's the dangers of this medication in the body and why I have such an issue with it. And I actually have um, in my possession, I don't have it here right with me, it's in my office, that I have a, a packet of 36 pages of just the names of studies, just the names of studies that are showing the side effects and the harms of statin medications. They cause liver damage. Neuropathy is a very common one that I see. You'll see a lot of numbness and tingling and uh, muscle wasting, especially in the legs. I have a lot of people cramping, creates a lot of joint and ligament pains. You can rupture the Achilles um, tendon is a very common one uh, that is actually on a lot of statin drugs as a warning. The muscle wasting and atrophy, it strips um, the muscles. I'm gonna show you the mechanism by which it does that. Um, heart failure. Heart failure is, uh, the incident of it is increased. Um, there's a definite increased risk in heart failure because you're stripping key components of what the muscles need to fire and the most important muscle you have is your heart. I'm gonna show you exactly how that's the case. Uh, it limits protections from cholesterol against cancer, depression. Because your brain is made up of you know, 60% fats and cholesterol, when you start to reduce the amount of cholesterol in your body, guess what you do to the function of your brain? And it's really interesting when you go to the actual FDA's website. So what you're looking at here, and it might be kind of small to see on your screen, but on the FDA's website, right in the middle of the um, page there, I just went to there and I found the consumer warnings. You know, the one that all of you got in the mail and the commercial on TV warning you about statin drugs. No, you never got this warning, but it's on the FDA website. And it says that the FDA is advising consumers, that's you, and healthcare professionals, that's your doctor, that routinely monitoring liver enzymes is extremely important with statin drug users. Why? Because it damages the liver. So you have to monitor the two main liver enzyme ones because it's so hard on it. That's number one. Number two, um, I'm looking at the bullet points right in the middle of the page. Cognitive impairment, such as memory loss, forgetfulness, and confusion have been reported by some statin drug users. It's impacting the fat in the brain and we're lowering it. That's another side effect. Let's go to number three. People being treated with statins may have an increased risk of raised blood sugar levels and the development of type two diabetes. The craziness of this is that you are being recommended to take a statin drug if you're a diabetic 
And the FDA, that's one of the criteria. If you're diabetic, oftentimes they'll put you on a statin drug. But the FDA is saying that the statin drug actually makes your diabetes worse. Oh my gosh, crazy stuff. Keep going. FDA website. Some medications interact with lovastatin brands and a couple other brands and can increase the risk of muscle damage. And the most important muscle you have in your body is your heart. This is right on the FDA's website. This is who is approving for you to be able to take that stuff. I just like to expose this to you. And then what meds am I talking about? Um, down below is the list of meds. Crestor, Lovastatin, um, Fluvastatin, Atorvastatin. I mean, these are all the heavy, heavy. Lipitor, all the major ones. I mean, probably touched all of them. All related to memory dysfunction, heart dysfunction, liver damage. It just begs the question, like, is there a better way to lower your numbers without just forcing them to go down to a certain speed? Like, how do we get this under control? Hopefully you can start to see the problem here. And then there's just a lot of very questionable marketing going on from a perspective of how we're advertising this. So this is on the FDA website. We know this is what um, the FDA is saying, hey, we really got to watch out for these things. But on the other side of things, the drug companies are running ads like this. All right, before I dive into this one here, this is like nothing will get me more fired up um, to this because I think there is just a lot of deception that starts to happen and you as the consumer sitting on the other end and the ad I'm about to show you looks really good on the surface. But I want to teach you a concept um, between relative risk and real risk. Okay. And when you can start to understand this, you can start to break down whenever you see an advertisement again, you can start looking. This, is, this goes across the board for all pharmaceutical drug companies. Um, there's only two locations, um, primary countries that allow direct advertising to consumers with medical products and drugs. It's us in New Zealand, and we are number one and number two in the world in years of potential life loss and overall health when it comes to, because we, we market drugs directly to our consumers. So the concept I want to teach to you is there is a, um, a relative risk, okay? And there is a real risk. And I'm going to show you with this ad exactly what that means. So here's what I'm to break down for you. So this Lipitor ad is, um, it's got uh, Dr. Robert Jarvik on the cover. So they take a very, very creditable person. He invented the Jarvik artificial heart. So he's obviously a genius when it comes to understanding how the heart works. I mean, he built a fake one that has probably helped a lot of people in very bad situations. But what the drug companies did is they hired him, who knows how much money they paid him, and they really um, were able to put someone on there that's credible to someone like you and I. I'm like, okay, wow, I'm paying attention now. Now, watch the, watch the, um, uh, the breakdown here. At the top, it says, in patients with multiple risk factors for heart disease, Lipitor reduced the risk of heart attacks by 36%. So let's stop right there. Wow, who's in? That's That sounds incredible. 36% reduction? Like, I want myself on it. I want my kids on it. I want everyone to have a reduced risk of heart attacks by 36%. So that 36% is the relative risk reduction. So we're looking at a reduction of 36%. Okay, that's right up front. But let me show you the real risk. And the biggest thing I could teach you with a drug advertisement is to follow the asterisks. Let's go back to the asterisk. So the asterisk here, right at 36%, there's a little asterisk. See it? Let's follow it. So um, down below in the blue section, right next to where it says Lipitor, it says this means in a large clinical study, 3% of patients taking a sugar pill or a placebo had a heart attack compared to 2% of patients taking Lipitor. 
So the real risk that they're showing there was about 1%. So let me show you how they advertised to you the relative risk of 36%, but the real risk was about 1%. That asterisk is showing that when you took a group of people and you gave some of them placebos, sugar pills, and you gave the other ones of them actual Lipitor, that it reduced the heart attack risk by about 1%, meaning that 3% of people had the um, risk that were on uh, um, the sugar pill, and then 2% of people had a heart attack that were on Lipitor. The difference between 2 and 3% is 1, and that is one-third of the 3%. And the, the numbers were like there were some decimal points involved, and it turned out to be about 36% difference between 2% and 3%. Do you follow my math on this? There's a third difference between there. And, and the exact, when you put in some decimal points, it was 36% difference in there. So what they did is said, oh, wow. So Lipitor reduced it by this 1%. But if we use relative risk, that is actually a 36% difference, which sounds a lot better to you, the consumer. But in all reality, this is random chance. 1% is not a conclusive number that could be used to say, well, see, look, 1% of people with the uh, uh, Lipitor had the heart attack, one, and 3%, 1% uh, more of them that took the sugar pill very could have just been very, very random depending on the sample size. Do you see what they do there from that perspective? At that point, I lose a lot of credibility, and... I'm not okay giving up my dad's heart health to just that, right? I'm not saying he didn't need them. I'm not saying there's not a place for them. In certain conditions, there's absolutely people that need to be on these um, uh, cholesterol medications. But with this scenario, okay, if you are on one, I'm not making you like – there's just other options that we can start to explore. Don't, don't throw them out. You don't need to get rid of them right away or anything like that. I'm just exposing to you to say, oh, wow, that when you start to dig into the research and you understand relative risk versus real risk, you start realizing – Geez, well, there's, there's just not quite um, the research that holds up in that scenario. Let's keep digging further, okay? So, well, a lot of cardiologists will insist that lowering cholesterol is correlated with reduction in risk of heart attacks. Few can actually say that there's a reduction in the risk of mortality. So, in other words, there hasn't been the conclusive long-term studies that show that lowering cholesterol actually leads to living longer. So, I think we need them optimized, but there isn't the big study showing that if we just drive your cholesterol numbers down, does that actually make you on this earth longer and experiencing real health as long as you can? Um, that answer has not been conclusively proven. Um, and then, in fact, Bristol Myers Squibb is a, a pharmaceutical that did the Scotland Coronary Prevention Study. And this is another really good example. What they found is that there was a 22% drop in the relative risk, not the real risk. In mortality. So here's another great example. It's another study where they did the study and they found that um, giving people their type of statin drug that they tested in the study reduced the overall death of, of a death of a cardiovascular event by 22%. But again, that's the relative risk. So it's another great example of this. Um, but what they're actually meaning is that they treated by treating a thousand middle-aged men with high cholesterol, there had they had no evidence of previous heart attack with Prevastatin for five years resulted in seven fewer deaths from a cardiovascular event and then two fewer deaths from other causes that would have been expected had you just not treated them at all. So you had to treat a thousand people for five years at the total cost of five million dollars for all those drugs to save seven people from having cardiovascular disease. The real risk was about 0.9 percent. 
So they advertised it at 22%. The real risk was 0.9%. That's the difference between them. But when you can massage the numbers and play this game, you can make the percentages look better than the actual real reduction. Just another really good example of that. It just starts to put everything in perspective. I'm like, wow, we really got to dig into these studies. You might not be the person to go reading a bunch of studies, but that's my job to do it for you to try to start exposing this to say, hey, whoa, we got to take a look. Is there a better way to do this? Because we're causing a lot of side effects here. And the stuff isn't showing to be that effective long term of helping you live longer. In the short term, it could save a life in a crisis, in a certain situation, people with previous heart attacks. Yeah, we get. I'm not speaking to you. There's different, different scenarios. But for the average person, man, there's got to be a better way to go about this. So do I actually have a cholesterol problem? What do we actually do? So I know we just shredded that. We broke that down um, as far as what do you actually, you know, how do, setting the tone or of, yes, I want to move away from satin drugs. I don't want to end up satin drugs. I want to try to do something in conjunction with my satin drugs. I hope that's kind of where I got you with this first part here. And then in this next module, we're going to break down, do you actually have a cholesterol problem where I will Go to the board here. You can pull out your blood work if you have it. I highly advise that. We can start breaking down your HDLs and your LDLs and what you need to look for to understand do you actually have a problem. And then we're going to get to natural remedies that work that you can use to lower your cholesterol problems that don't have side effects and will get you to an optimal cholesterol level without having to deal with all of this business. So we're going to that next. All right, you guys. It's Dr. Living Good. Let's take a quick break here. That is a heavy section. And... Um, Yes, we're really shredding the entire system and what it looks like between relative risk and real risk. And love to hear some of your thoughts on that, um, breaking it down. We are recording this course live. So just finishing up the first module of cholesterol health. We're going to be going in, as I said, to understanding, do you actually have a cholesterol problem in just a moment? And then we're breaking down the natural remedies for it. But let me pause. I'm going to get some questions and kind of um, get some answers. So real time, you are watching me film this course, and then I'm coming back to you to really be able to um, answer specific questions for you. So um yeah, kind of makes us fun uh, to be like live with here uh, with you here. I have Madeline in the background. She's monitoring questions and comments. I'm um, helping you out, and um, I'm gonna go to her to help answer a few of these questions. We're gonna have a little fun with this and uh, get some engagement going as well. So, Madeline, she's in the room with me. What do you got? Uh, this is from Uma. She says my son's cholesterol is actually too low. It's at 130. Or she's asking if you think that's too low. It's at 135. How old's your son, Uma? You tell me that. Let me know how your old your son is. Different ages and different times are going to have uh, um, different levels. Traditionally, for um, you know, especially for an adult, I definitely want to see that thing above 150. Um, I would I would want to see it above 180 as long as the ratios are proper, which I'm going to cover in just a moment for you to really be able to like um, to break that down um, and to help. Um, was that the first question? Someone had. Uma, ask the first question of the day. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I love the engagement because you're engaging not only in your own health. You asked a question about um, your child to try to help them out. So what I want to do for you, Uma, is I want to give you a gift to help you with that. So can you give Uma one of my books? So this is my book. If you don't have it yet, um, we're going to send you the audiobook version of this. And all you have to do, Uma, for being engaged, thank you for being here. Love it. Um, we're just going to send you one for free. So I want to give some gifts away. Um, you just respond back to Madeline. She'll get your email. She's going to send the audiobook copy over. And there you go. That'll help you out. It's a good foundational piece. It, the heart stuff we're going through goes way, way deeper. But this is a good foundation. And thanks for being here. Thanks for asking the first question. See, it pays to get engaged uh, for your own health. And I want to reward that behavior because that long term is what's going to allow you and your family members uh, to be healthy. So next question. Who do we got? This is from Bonnie. She says, is, is Zia? 
Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, obviously you're going to still have the same side effects. There's going to be some different mechanisms um, for how the cholesterol gets broken down. And you're going to see the real harm of the statin and how it blocks CoQ10 and that causes harms. Something like Zedia, you're just using a different mechanism to impact the cholesterol. Is one better than the other? I mean, it's kind of becomes a question of picking your poison, honestly. Um, but again, I'm not, you know, telling you to just completely get rid of them or throw them out, Bonnie. But um, yeah, the whole point is how do we get to the cause of this thing and how do we optimally, um, from a natural perspective, get this uh, going the right direction? That's coming right up, though. Others? Uh, it's kind of a general one. I don't know if you want to address it now. From Philip, uh, he's asking when purchasing supplements and select vitamins, what's your top brand recommendation? You just recently bought now vitamin D3. Who is this? Philip. So, Philip, you're asking about supplements. Um, we did, I don't know if you were on yesterday or if not, Philip, but yeah, we did break down um, just the things I recommend. I've ended up making a lot of my own just to ensure the quality and then getting kind of the right, like some of the herbs and things that we'll be covering, kind of how do you compare those together, like the vitamin D and vitamin K. Like we talked about it, crashed it yesterday quite a bit, that if you're taking vitamin D, you absolutely have to be taking vitamin K. You need a proper ratio of 10 to 1 with those, or you harden the arteries over time, which is a big deal for heart health in general, let alone the blood pressure. Um, that's a good example. So um, a lot of them I've kind of put together my own. I'm going to be covering and breaking down an entire list of cholesterol-related herbs and supplements for you. So hopefully that can give you some guidance coming up here in a little bit. If not, definitely ask again as far as um, like specific help with things. But I'll really break down kind of what do you need to be looking for. There's a lot that can be accomplished with specific foods that you'll see. Um, and you can't out-supplement a problem, right? You're just naturally treating a condition instead of getting to the cause. So I'm also going to start speaking a little bit to the blueprint of really laying out like how do we get you a heart-healthy lifestyle to go along with these natural remedies um, that'll be coming up. Good? Awesome. All right, let's dive back in. We're going to come back around to questions. Great. Keep asking them, firing them away. Um, during this section, I'm imagining we're going to be getting a lot more because um, I'm going to be breaking down your numbers. If you have your blood pressure, um, sorry, your cholesterol numbers, you can pull those out and you can walk through this math with me as I jump back into teaching the course. We're going to go to the next module. You're filming the live heart course with me. So glad that you're here. And um, if you have questions as we go, just fire them away. I'm going to be back in a little bit after I get done teaching this section of do I actually have a blood pressure, uh, excuse me, a cholesterol problem. And then I'll answer your specific questions and help you along the way. We'll do some more giveaways as well. So keep being engaged with your health. I love it. All right. Awesome. Let's go back to our course and let's film the next module. So next up, we're doing do I actually have a cholesterol problems. This is a great place to start because a lot of people say um, I'm on satin drugs or my doctor said I have this and we want to go a little deeper and equip you to really empower to be your own doctor to understand what your numbers actually mean and then what you need to be watching out for. The, the typical thing after taking care of thousands and thousands of patients that I'm seeing is the, um, that the numbers are not gone into deep enough. There wasn't enough tested, and this goes for almost any condition, thyroid conditions and hormone conditions. And we're not going deep enough to really get a clear picture of it. Every once in a great while, I'll run into another doctor that's gone deep enough, and I really appreciate when that does happen. But a lot of times we're not going there, and I'll show you exactly what I mean um, by that statement. So um, let's go. Now, the American Heart Association's guidelines for putting you on statin drugs right now are this. If you have heart disease, if you have diabetes, which is a huge problem, if you remember what we just covered, was that on the FDA's website, that taking a statin drug actually worsens your diabetes, but the criteria for the American Heart Association is if you have diabetes, you need to be taking a statin. Crazy stuff when you think about this. 
Um, if your LDL cholesterol is above 190 instantly, your 10-year risk um, when you get that measured, 7.5% above. So this is a group of people that got together and says, hey, here's our criteria for putting people on statin drugs. This is what's going to be the gold standard. So they got a group of experts in a room and did this. Now, interesting, I dug a little deeper on who was in the room and what was their incentive what was their goal kind of behind it now probably good people they want to help but this was really interesting watch this the head author of the study for this being published to set the standards to decide whether you or a family member should be on a statin drug the head author was being paid by 10 pharmaceutical companies the second author of this study to put this put these guidelines out was being paid by seven companies and another author had stock in eight of the drug companies that are making the statin drug and the, the demonstrated risk that's involved with all the side effects versus the benefits, especially um, when it's related to cancer and diabetics, is really, really shaky. And when I see that you have direct ties in the companies that are going to be making billions of dollars off these meds, dang, that just it really muddies the waters uh, quite a bit. So we got to start giving you something that you can go off of so that you can understand, do you have a problem? Because just going off if you have diabetes, um, yes, there's a cholesterol risk. But I'm going to show you why that's the case. If you just have heart disease, um, we got to go deeper into the criteria to determine do you actually have a problem. So here they are. These are five main pieces that you need to start looking at when it comes to your blood um, uh, work that you can start to understand. So the first one that I want to break down for you, and I'm actually going to do some of the math on this, is your HDL to cholesterol ratio. All right. So here's what this means: your HDL to cholesterol ratio. Um, if you know you, if you were to give me your numbers, um, I do this all week long, uh, multiple multiple times a week. I run people's numbers through and help make sense for them. So your HDL to cholesterol le uh, ratio means this. So if you have total cholesterol, which I'm abbreviating here a little bit, um, that can be as high as it is. It doesn't bother me when it's really, really high. North of 300 for total cholesterol, yeah, we want to look at some genetic issues there. Anything below that, don't get too concerned with it because of this. If your total cholesterol, let's say, is, um, is 250, okay? But if 25% of that total is good cholesterol, HDL is considered the good one. That's what's um, helping to clean up your system um, and keep it clear so there's not fat and particles and things floating around. Um, that's the one that we want to keep as high as we can because it does a lot of cleanup for you. So as long as 25% of it, if your HDL is at 75, that would give you the 25% ratio, then you're good. Isn't that simple? Easy to understand that, hey, you can have a high total cholesterol as long as you got enough good stuff to keep it in balance. Now, if that goes below 25%, then there's a shown risk because now you're laying down more cholesterol and using more cholesterol in your body, but you don't have enough HDL to back it up, clean it up, and make sure it doesn't cause any problems. So that's the first huge number to look at. So a lot, of, a lot of it is focused on HDL itself. Now, let's go to the next one. The next ratio we look at is triglycerides, which is the fat floating around in your blood, compared to HDL ratios. Triglyceride to fat ratios. Now, this triglyceride to fat ratio, so the trigs, uh, as you'll learn, and we're going to keep hitting on it, trigs are actually driven by sugar inside the body. Like, that's the number one producer of uh, uh, triglycerides in your blood, which is rather interesting that the number one producer of fat floating around in your blood is a carbohydrate. That when it hits your liver, 
uh, it actually turns, especially anything ending in OSE, fructose, sucrose, high fructose corn syrup, when that hits the liver, it instantly turns those carbohydrates and those sugars into triglycerides. So when I see triglycerides up, I typically know that we have a major sugar problem or it, it, some people are like, well, I don't even eat that much. I'm like, yeah, but you're not absorbing it, breaking down and using it. Your whole energy management system is completely busted. And so those triglycerides, what we're looking for here um, is a two to one ratio. So let's say your triglycerides are 150. Okay, that would be getting pretty high. And your HDL's 75, right? So that ratio is now two. So as long as that ratio is south of two, you're in good shape. Meaning, if you have a lot of sugar going in the system, you have a lot of fat floating around in your bloods, blood, as long as you have enough HDL again to clean it up, you're in check. But if you get this out of balance and this goes south of two, then you start to have a, an issue because you have too much fat in the blood, not enough good stuff to clean it up. That's where it becomes a problem. Two really, really powerful numbers that you can start breaking down. And you notice I haven't even started talking about uh, LDL yet. We haven't even mentioned so-called bad cholesterol because it's not so bad if you got enough good stuff leveling it out. That's how you can be uniquely different from someone next to you. And that's where I have a really big problem of just trying to lower everybody's cholesterol below 180 can be dangerous because you might be driving it way too low when your body actually needs more of it. Now, what does that mean? Cholesterol in your body is like a scab on your arm. Like if you were to get a cut, your body sends a waxy substance called a scab to heal it. So if you're damaging the inside of your blood vessels because you're eating toxic foods, yes, then you're damaging inside the blood vessels. Your body's got to send something to repair it. The repair mechanism is the scab. It's cholesterol. So if you're causing damage, then you need the repair. But if you don't have enough stuff to clean up and repair, then it becomes a problem. The damage starts to accumulate. Make sense? So, but let's touch on LDL a little bit because we can't ignore it. It's still important, but not all LDL is created equal. So if you've ever had blood work done and you have not had um, testing done for um, your particle size of your LDL, you do not truly know if you have an LDL problem. So when it comes to LDL, what needs to happen is we need to figure out which LDL it is. And what I mean by this is that there are LDLs that are huge. And these are like buses and semis. They chug along slow and they just bounce off the vessels, okay? And then there's trucks, and they're kind of medium size, and they're hauling things, and they can move a little bit more mobile and a little bit faster, but they're still too big to really go into any harmful areas, and they still kind of just bounce off the sides. Well, then we start getting to these small little, like, minis or scooters, right? If I'm using the, the uh, road analogy, and it's these little guys that can burrow through your vessels and get wedged in your vessels and start creeping in, and those are the troublemakers. Because these guys they can't go anywhere, but these ones are the ones that stick to the sides and get into the blood vessels and cause clots and cause clogs, and that's what leads to congestive heart failure or um, coronary artery disease. Make sense? So if you're testing LDL and you're wondering if you have a problem with your statins, you've got to request... A particle size report because if all of your particles of LDL are big you don't have a problem shows the research if you have a ton of cholesterol in your body but you got a lot of good cholesterol then you don't have a problem it's when you have lots of bad too little good 
and they're little guys that can wedge themselves in and create the problem, that's when we really have an issue. Now, two other numbers to check on your blood work. Number one is to check the fasting insulin. All right, your fasting insulin levels uh, are going to drive the production of the triglycerides. They're also going to impact the LDL. So we want fasting insulin tested. So if I go one here, right, two here, three here, four here, okay. Testing fasting insulin. Insulin is one of the biggest predictors of um, is your body going to um, turn those things into triglycerides and create a cholesterol problem. It's classic metabolic syndrome. So test your fasting insulin levels. You want to see that between two and six, okay. And then for the last one is just your blood sugar level. So test your blood sugar. Um, ideally, I like to see that thing south of 100. And when you really get good and you're a fat burner instead of a sugar burner, you get that thing north of 80. And that's when you know you've really got your energy usage under control. Because the higher this number goes, your body gets bombarded so often with, with sugar that it starts to get resistance to it. And it says, I don't want all this sugar anymore. But if you keep eating it, the body doesn't have anywhere to go, and it starts backing up in the system. And that's insulin resistance, that's weight loss resistance, and that's a nightmare when it comes to the cholesterol, heart health, blood pressure. Okay, So that backs up in the system. So when you're getting it south of 80, you know that your body is optimally utilizing insulin and glucose the way it's designed to, burning it up quickly, getting rid of it exactly the way it was designed to. When it's under 100, you're still doing pretty good. But once we start to go 110, 120, 130, 150, now we know that the body is in sugar burning mode and it's really just getting tired of it. It can't eat any more sugar and it's backing it up. And that's when it's going to start turning it into fat, turning it into triglycerides, and you're going to have a problem and put your heart under a lot of strain. Okay, so that's the breakdown of the five primary things to help you to understand based on your blood work, do you actually have a problem? Now, understanding these is what's going to help you to, to really get to the bottom of, do I have the issue? Should I be taking the statin drug or not? That's what you got to work with your doctor on. But I think if you get these five numbers under control, you don't have a whole lot of the need of the harmful statin drugs anymore because you have it in good ratio. So my advice would be to take a look and run the numbers on your blood report. And if I can help you, let me know. Um, also run the particle size number. That's very, very important. And then later on in modules, I'm coming up uh, um, uh, on later modules, I'm going to show you the secret tests that a lot of doctors aren't testing for you that you can also request on top of this to understand your stroke risk, to understand your inflammation levels, and several tests that are very simple to do that a lot of doctors just don't do because they were never taught it when they went through school. And the primary way they learn now is whatever the drug companies teach them, unfortunately. They don't have a lot of excess time to really be truly studying health. So I'm gonna give you that secret list of tests that you can request the next time you go to the, um, to the doctor to really be able to understand all these. But there is the cholesterol numbers, know those, optimize those, you have the best chance of not falling victim to coronary artery disease or cholesterol oxidizing and actually being a problem in your body. All right. All right, I hope you enjoyed that training. I hope it's very helpful for you to make sense of your numbers. So many people get so much clarity when they understand their own health. Your health is your responsibility. No one is coming for you. No one will take better care of you 
than you. So we covered a lot of information. Some of it involved math, right? So to recap all of that, I put together a special resource for you. Um, obviously you can review this video, but sometimes it's nice to see it in writing, especially when it involves entering your numbers. So I put together a PDF for you below in a free link to be able to grab that to understand, okay, number one, do I actually have a problem? Run the calculations that we just explained so you can instantly know how bad it, it, of a condition are you in? Like how bad is the cholesterol? Are you at a really high risk or is there room for, uh, you know, that you have some time to figure this thing out? Or do you need to get some more blood testing? You'll know exactly what to ask for in that PDF. On top of that, we gotta change it because that information is helpful, but unless it changes and the numbers get better, you're still stuck in a position where you might be at risk could be risking heart attacks and problems like it happened with my grandfather and my father. We don't want you to go there. So I put together the top nine remedies, remedies to naturally get a solution to a cholesterol problem, to lower the LDL, to increase HDL, to lower the triglycerides, to really take control of your numbers. And I put together a 30 minute training. I took a chunk out of an entire heart course that we make of all these modules, hundreds of dollars of courses that we put together, but actually just giving you a free training to break down to help you understand cholesterol, your numbers, and then the nine remedies to help you get this under control to safely get it under control yourself. That is below in the link. All you have to do is click on the link, enter your uh, name and your email. We will send that training right to you. You will have the PDF and then you'll be able to go through it and start applying it. And here's all I want you to do is if you love this video, hit a thumbs up. And after you get that free resource, come back to this video. I would love to know what did you get out of the training and this course to understand your own numbers. And then which of the nine remedies are you gonna be implementing to try? Everybody is different. You might try multiple of them. One might work for you versus somebody else. If you have multiple areas to try to, to you know, change the numbers, let me know which ones are you gonna focus on. I would love to know that. And so as always, um, if this is your first time to this channel or um, you haven't been around us before, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notifications. We're putting out content like this all the time, really practical, real health solutions so that you can experience real health. Not drugs, not surgeries, not sickness and disease, but actually get healthy and it's done through you. You are the solution. So if you love that, we have lots more to come. Hit the uh, um, button to subscribe, hit the notification bell on, and then make sure and check out your resource below. I'll be back to you real soon with more real health solutions. Can't wait to see your comments and interact with you down Hey, it's Dr. Living It here. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, it would mean the world to me to please leave a positive rating and a review. That way we can continue to get this message out to help people all over the world experience real health. See you next time.